and welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Jan, do you want to tell us a bit about this movie? Yes, I do. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, also known as Jumanji 2, is a 2017 movie. It is directed by Jake Kasdan, written by Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, Scott Rosenberg, and Jeff Pigner. It is very, very loosely based on a book by Chris Van Ellsberg. It stars Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillian, Nick Jonas, and Bobby Cannavale. Paul, what's the plot of Jumanji into the jungle? Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Into the jungle-verse. Four teenagers get sucked into a video game. Then they escape again. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Look, the level of detail I go into in these synopses varies wildly, and I decided to go minimal with this one. All right. They're in a jungle. It's very video gamey. It's very video gamey. Do I need to say more? I mean, like, they're all, their avatars have strengths and appearances that don't correspond, that ironically fail to correspond with their real life personas. You know? All right. So, objectively, how good of a movie is this? Honestly... The premise of both this and the original Jumanji is strong. Mm-hmm. It's a strong premise. Mm-hmm. The four leads are played by, you know, teenagers in the real world, but then for most of the movie are played by adult uh, comic actors. Mm-hmm. And I think the four leads basically all do well at what they have been asked to do. Yeah. <laughs> I like... Uh, Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's pretty charming. Yeah. And I like Karen Gillian. I think the others all do fine. I think I personally find Kevin Hart kind of annoying, but I don't think objectively that he was doing a bad job. Yeah, he was doing exactly what they wanted him to do. Right. Which is be Kevin Hart. Yeah. There are some, like weirdnesses in the plot that don't really matter but are like you know some aspects of the plot that don't make a lot of sense together but I don't think it matters so on the whole I think it's fairly uh, successful at what it wants to do it's funny yeah I think above all it's funny it's a funny funny movie uh and it succeeds at it. It has definitely a lot of the actors are doing a good job. Definitely it, like you said, it succeeds at what it's wanting to do. But what it's wanting to do is not the greatest. It's okay. Yeah. I it's mean, just like, like a fun time. Honestly, I'll say objectively, I think that it is basically well written. The script is strong. The dialogue is strong. There's one-liners. There's 
lots of comedy. Mm. The acting is strong. The visuals are good. Compare it to the old Jumanji, which was awful yeah. visually. This is good visually. Mm. There's no part that is like, oh, bad. That's some weird CGI. Facts, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it all looks good. I would say that objectively everyone is doing their jobs well in the making of this movie. So, non-objectively, how much did you enjoy this movie? This is the second time I've watched this movie. Really? I watched it on an airplane once. Oh, yeah. And on an airplane, among limited choices, it was what I deemed to be my best choice. And once I started watching it, I kept watching it all the way through and never turned, never chose something else. Mm -hmm. And I, my... I think that expresses my enjoyment of it on the second watch, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't turn it off, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't switch to something else. If I had two hours to kill and a list of 30 movies and this was one of them... You might pick it. I might pick it, and I, having started watching it, I wouldn't be like, uh, let's watch something else, you know? Yeah. High praise indeed. I know, like... You're kind of skirting the issue. So I enjoyed it. That I, I feel like that gives an impression of my level of enjoyment, mm. which is, you know, a high medium of enjoyment. <laughs> I was a little... Like, I laughed at the funny parts, and it never... Uh, I never got really thrown out of the movie. But I don't know that I would look forward to watching it again. But if it was on, I wouldn't turn it off. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I think I... I found it really funny. I laughed at a lot of parts. It was enjoyable. It never lost my attention. Yep. It was always... It was quite a good, like, action-packed, but not in a boring way. Yep. They do really well. I, I agree with you there. For sure. They're like video gamey action sequences and they were all different and they were all engaging. Exactly. And they all suited the characters and were fun. The the gen- the idea of these kids trapped in these other bodies that are really not their own is a is a fun concept. And I think it's executed especially by Jack Black very well. Yeah. I think he's uh hilarious being this like vapid teenage girl in his body. Uh, and that a lot of the juxtaposition of that made me made me laugh. Uh, it's I don't want to like it. Is the thing Here's, that's, this is what I'm trying to like skirt around is I kind of liked it, but I didn't really want to like it. <laughs> I understand completely. So I think we just need to get into the way portion of our show so we can talk about why I didn't want to like it. So it sounds to me like you have way too seriously things you want to say. Yeah. (laughs) So where do you want to start? Okay, I want to start with Karen Gillian because when this movie was advertised, there was pictures of the three men and Karen Gillian in her tiny skimpy outfit. And everyone was like, Oh my goodness, Smurfette principal, you put the woman in the skimpy outfit, and Karen Gillian was like, no, wait, wait till you see the movie, you'll see how it's plot relevant. 
And it is kind of. Kind of. Like, you can see where she would think that. Yeah. Because the whole thing is like, she's uncomfortable in that outfit. She makes makes comments about how it's silly that she'd be wearing that in the jungle. But she still wears it the entire movie, including tying a shirt around her waist that does literally nothing. That doesn't cover her <laughs> at all. It drove me bananas. I'm glad you called out that moment. Because, yeah, she ties a shirt around herself with the line of, like, I feel so exposed. I feel like, you know, I need yeah. to cover up a little bit. And she ties it at her, like, pant, her... Uh, Shorts level. Shorts level. Yeah. So her midriff is still as exposed. Yeah. Exactly as exposed. Exactly. It's so ridiculous. And it's... I don't like how uh, much it uses uh, her sexuality and, like, I... She doesn't feel sexy and so she needs to use her sexuality and so that's a whole thing. But it never... It wants to subvert that, but it doesn't succeed. Yeah. It basically just blatantly is that, and that's a problem. Yeah, like, the two girls and their character developments and their plot, it's hard, I think, to talk about them separately from each other, mm-hmm. because they're very entwined, both plot-wise, but all, more, like, in serious terms. How they represent Karen Gillian's character is really tied up in how they are representing Jack Black's character. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we have Bethany and Martha. In the real world, Bethany is like blonde, pretty, vapid. The first thing we see of her is her like posing to take a selfie and then putting it on Instagram as if like I just woke up this way. Yeah. So we And then we have Martha who is like... The reason she's in detention is she refuses to do phys ed because she's it won't help her get into Stanford and uh, she wants to do more with her life than be a gym teacher. Yeah. And uh, they're like very much archetypes mm-hmm. of teenage girl. Yeah. Right. And then in the movie, Martha is Karen Gillian and is like scantily clad badass uh, it is plot relevant in more than one moment that she needs to be really sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, Bethany is Jack Black. Yeah. Right? Um, And there's a pivotal moment. There's like a couple of moments in how they interact with each other that I think are what the movie is thinks it's trying to do with gender in this movie that uh, deserves some scrutiny. And they're like, they have this moment where Bethany says to Martha, like, you don't like me. You just decided you don't like me. And Martha says, I think that you are live in this pretty girl bubble and it makes you self-involved. And Martha says, okay, that's fair. I mean, and Bethany says, okay, that's fair, but maybe you think people aren't going to like you so you uh dislike them first mm-hmm. and there's like and then soon after that 
Bethany Jack Black's character teaches Karen Gillian how to be flirty and sexy. Yeah. Okay. In flirting situations, the key is making them check you out without letting them know that you know that they're checking you out. You're just like, whatever, I'm doing me. And then when they try to talk to you, you can play it one of three ways. Dumb, super into it, or nasty. Which way you play it depends on what kind of guy you're dealing with. This is like my dream and my nightmare all at one time. I'm not going to take that personally. Now, hair is everything. Touch it. Move it. Play with it. Move it around a lot. Hypnotize them with it. Give me a flip like that. Okay, now angle your eyes down. Now head down. Tilt up. Eyes big. Now sparkle. Sparkle? Like an anime character. Now sparkle. And like, frankly, it's a funny scene. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what's set up is all the characters need to grow beyond themselves in the course of this movie. And what Bethany needs to do is grow beyond her self-centeredness. And she does partly by deciding to give her extra video game life for one of the other characters at one point. Mm -hmm. And what Martha needs to do is, I guess, learn to be an object. Right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they try to, like, they try to frame it as... As confidence, but it's not. It's objectifying her. Because she's confident at the start of the move. That wasn't her problem. Yeah. Right? They they frame it as you reject people because you're afraid they'll reject you. I don't think that that was what we have seen of Martha up till then. No. No why she's in detention in the first place. Um, Like there's uh, honestly what we see of her that why she gets into detention is kind of the same flip other side of the coin of Bethany. She's self-centered. Yeah, exactly. Right? Which is not the same thing at all. No. And these two girls do not learn from each other. Mm -hmm. Bethany teaches Martha how to be more like Bethany and Bethany just kind of becomes better. Yeah. <laughs> right? And when you put all that together, what it ends up, uh, the messaging of the movie around gender, but specifically around teenage girlhood, is that, like, there's something, I think, good about the uh, don't... Like, Bethany doesn't end up being this one-dimensional pretty girl punished for being pretty, which another movie might have done. But it also doesn't require much of her Mm -hmm. in terms of character growth. It just kind of happens. But Martha, it does require a lot of her. Because to be a... To be successful at womaning mm-hmm. is to like you're a babe own it be where you're uh, exposed midriff with pride and flirt people into death and then you'll be a fulfilled person and she her plot arc like what's the sign of her character being really developed is she ends up uh kissing she- like sheldon yeah exactly and even more actually she ends up you can tell her character has been fully developed because she ends up becoming suitable for to become the prize that he gets for his mm-hmm. character developing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. 
I just talked a lot. Do you want to... Yeah, it's just, in general, this movie has a problem with women. And it does have, like, the two boys, to talk about them for a second, the two boys are very much uh, boy high school boy stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't exp- do that in the same way as it does for the girls. And it doesn't do it in as much of a problematic way. I do think there's a problem with um, Fridge and his, uh, he's the black kid who's a football player. Yep. And then he go, gets, and he, I don't think he really grows. No. Ever. And like by the end, suddenly he want, he's friends with Spencer again, but like he does not display any growth throughout the movie. He is mad that he's in this, in Kevin Hart's body the entire time. And frankly, just irritating. Um, Spencer does grow and kind of learn to be braver, a better person, a better whatever. But, and it's very much his movie. Yeah, He's the I'm... main boy and he gets to be the hero and he gets to do all the things and he gets to conquer his... Fears buys brute strength. Yeah. And that is how a man grows. Yeah. And how a woman grows is by learning to embrace her sexiness. Like, that's just generally the lesson of this movie. Yeah. And then, like, there is... What you said is true. Spencer's the main character, and we can kind of rank the characters, how much the movie cares about the characters, and how much... in were invested in their growth is like spencer the most then martha then bethany then moose fridge fridge yeah then fridge and they like grow proportionate to that yeah spencer actually uh has a character flaw that he like lacks confidence which is kind of a uh flat character flaw Mm. but it is one and he grows beyond it in the course of the movie, and he ends the movie having uh, character traits that he didn't begin the movie with, yeah. right? That we've seen them develop. Mm-hmm. Martha has developed confidence by the end of the movie. We're kind of told rather than seen that she doesn't have it at the beginning of the movie, because mm-hmm. what we saw of her when she was herself... She had plenty of confidence. And she says, like, halfway through the movie, I can't talk to boys. And yet she's been talking to two boys throughout the entire movie. So how does that work? Right. She can't talk to boys means she can't be flirty in the way that that Bethany approves of, that society approves of as the appropriate way for a teenage girl to talk to a teenage boy. Yeah, exactly. Which is to say, uh, diminish herself. Mm. And then, like, Bethany changes but for that's completely unmotivated Mm -hmm. she just kind of does yeah and moot and uh fridge i think you're totally right like his character i guess when he defangs the cobra is a turning point for his character sort of sort of why though and frankly it just felt like he didn't change at all until they were back into their human or back into their regular selves again. And then he was like, all like gentle and friends with Spencer again and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that didn't, that wasn't motivated at all. Yeah. We have no reason to think he would go back to. He learned teamwork. I guess. Because that's something that the football player needs an object lesson in. 
Probably. I have one other topic of okay. seriousness. I have another topic, and that is the, like, this movie's treatment of the jungle as a magical uh, space of otherness. Hmm. Right? Okay. I mean, it is a video game. It is a video but... game jungle. Like, and this is where, like, I think there is a counter argument to be made and I can see it. But let me just try out the argument that's a little disingenuous for me because I see where the other argument can be made. But let me try it out. And it's this. The jungle as an exoticized other space is, uh, has a cultural history and it's the cultural history of colonialism. Yes. And it's, we, we find magical uncivilized animalistic others in the jungle and we civilized people from by which we read western europeans come into the jungle solve the problems of the jungle grow ourselves and then fly out again mm-hmm. right yep and although not all the characters or actors are white they are all like there isn't there is a colonialist in contrast to indigenous mm-hmm. attitude that this movie builds on for its very existence. Yeah. And that frankly, original Jumanji too. Yeah. Frankly, book Jumanji too. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, I haven't read Jumanji. It's just like a game where animals come out, right? Yeah. So maybe not yeah. so much. It's just a picture book about a game where animals come out of it. Okay. So picture book maybe gets a pass. But like, I recognize that the tropes this movie is consciously playing with are tropes of video games, which themselves are building on tropes of adventure movies and film serials, which themselves are building on, uh, novel pulp novel uh adventure stories Mm -hmm. but those are building on colonialist narratives that are told to justify uh pro um colonialism Mm -hmm. and the narrative of the jungle as a place of magic savagery is racist and colonialist yeah and um Along with that is uh, anti-environmentalism message. It's, Do tell. Uh, the jungle is meant to be conquered. These animals are dangerous and meant, and we can just kill them. Rhinoceroses, especially, to have a stampede of rhinos, of that amount of rhinos, and to say that they're like carnivorous, evil rhinos, is actually damaging because it's irresponsible it's irresponsible especially like rhinos are critically endangered yep there are certain breeds of rhinos i can't remember which one that is on the, the verge of extinction there's like five i think that's white rhinos white rhinos there's like there's like five left in the world like that's, that's it it's not enough to have a population at all and so to have a giant stampede of them of a uh 
why can't I think of the opposite of carnivore? Herbivore. Yeah. They're herbivore grazing animals. And like, yes, a rhino is dangerous because it can charge at you. But in the same way that a cow can. Yeah. It's like a giant. It's like a very large cow with a horn. And cows have horns. Bulls have horns. It's like a bulls. Well, some cows have horns. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like to take that and make them super dangerous and evil is... I feel like this is stupid, but it does affect the way the way people see things in movies does affect the way they act in real life. And so if you see something that is dangerous in a movie, you might think that it's okay to shoot that thing. There are in real life three northern white rhinos. There you go. In the world. Three. Um and you might think it's okay to kill, like, look at how many, what was it, jaguars? Yeah. Jaguars there were to, like, and they're all going to kill you, so you might shoot them, too. Except that those are endangered, too. This idea of the jungle as a place where we should go and, like, make sure those wild animals don't get us is a seriously anti-conservationist attitude and does have real-world ramifications. So I think that that goes along with the colonial, co- Victorian colonialist comes to the jungle and take over idea that you comes straight out of those pulp novels. Could not be more right. I'm really glad you brought that up because that does matter. Mm-hmm. It matters a lot. And I'm also, I'm glad like those go hand in hand. Yes. There's the narrative of animalizing indigenous people right along with the narrative of uh anim of jungle animals representing an uncivilized mode of existing mm-hmm. that like so it is a a uh service to the people to civilize them and to kill the animals those go hand in hand yeah exactly it's super gross Well said. Well spotted. So, switching gears just slightly from uh, our usual seriousness to just, like, we often talk about what age a movie is for. And with this movie, what age the movie is for is part of the, like, actual problem aspects of it. Yeah, for sure. It is... Everything about it is aimed for children. It's a childlike adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Except it's very foul language. Yep. And I mean, I don't want to... We're not super prudes about language, but like, there's just a lot of foul language. And then also sexual jokes. Yep. There's the whole thing about Bethany being in Jack Black's body and therefore she has a penis. And there is... The, the peeing scene is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I must say, and our kids laughed, and I laughed, and I thought that was pretty funny. But there's another part where he gets an erection, and like it, you don't see it, but they make reference to it, and it went over our kid's head. But like, I was extremely uncomfortable with that. Yeah, it I, was gross. I feel like this movie made me really mad, actually, with the that crude joke. 
I mean, and even like like you could hit that. Yeah. Joke like really. The, like a lot of there there are three areas that that I think one is the like Jack Black has a penis and it's funny and like. The erection joke went over our kids' heads. I didn't like it. I thought it would have been a better movie without it, but I don't know. It went over their heads. Mm-hmm. Super uh, objectifying of Karen Gillian as a plot point. Yeah. Is we've already covered for the serious reasons and like the age inappropriateness is just one more reason. Mm-hmm. I think that is a problem for lots of other reasons. Yeah. But the bad language, there was no reason for it. No. It wasn't necessary. It, like, this could have been, with very small changes, this could have been a G-rated movie. Yeah, exactly. It feels often like a G-rated movie with cartoony violence and very cartoony, you know, Mm -hmm. not a lot of frightening scenes, not a lot of, like... Goofy humor... But then the whole concept of it is Kevin Hart's character is just like practically every line he has is a has profanity. Yeah, exactly. And like it just makes it really uh, uh, sits uncomfortably with the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I wish we hadn't let our kids watch it. To be honest. Yeah. All right. And I've already seen it, so that was my my call. Mm -hmm. I said they could watch it. And then I watched it again and was I wasn't, sh- I said they couldn't watch it right after I watched it. And then a long time passed and I was like, mm, maybe they could watch it. Then we watched it again and I was like, no, I was right the first time. You were right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's a lot so, of bad language. Is it good? Is it seriously good? I actually think it's mostly good. Mm-hmm. Um, despite what I just said. It's fun, it's funny, it's entertaining. They're not aiming for anything very grand. It's like the breakfast club, like it's very, you can almost see the stitches of like, let's take this kind of movie and this kind of movie and this kind of movie and Mm -hmm. paste them together, right? Yeah. Uh, The principle even is like, you're in detention so that you can learn who you are. Yeah. That's... That's a line out of the Breakfast Club. Yeah. Um, but it does, what it's trying to do is be an entertaining, funny movie, and it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to call it good. What about you? I don't think it's as good. I, I... Medium good? I think medium good. Or just I medium. Guess. I think I was going to go with medium. But you could bump me up to a medium good. Okay. We'll call it medium good. Medium good. Seriously. Seriously bad. Right? Like... It's seriously bad. It's just bad. Yep. It has moments of less badness. Mm -hmm. I think the Bethany could have been worse. Yeah. (laughs) Right? They make her into a rounded character, although it's kind of a disjunction between two kinds of characters. But, like, they don't... Although they do kind of belittle her for being 
her by putting her into Jack Black's body. Yeah. And that's like the best thing I can say for it, seriously, is that they could have been way worse to Bethany as a character. They couldn't have been much worse to Martha as a character, no. I think. It's yeah. like I guess it's not I guess the racism is all uh covert and covert colonialist, not overt uh aggressively racist that's something else you could like low bars yeah it's seriously bad it's seriously bad paul just stop trying to justify it <laughs> we've made our judgment all judge judge rules all judgments are final all judgments are final it is seriously bad yep so <sighs> if you've seen jumanji if you have thoughts about it if you have thoughts about like you know other jungle movies I didn't give my usual discussion of this as a picture book being translated, but like, let's just say it's not the picture book at all. Yeah. It has the same name. The end. Um, So if you want to talk to us about all those things, you can contact us on Twitter at WTSCast. You can email us way too seriously cast at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Instagram, Facebook and Reddit. Those links, as always, are in our show notes. If you really like what we do, you can consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash clockworkscast. And lastly, if you love us, give us a thumbs up, give us a stars, something <laughs> like that, in our rating and review tab. <laughs> There's not a tab. Yeah, you like tab over to do that? No, that's not a thing? I hear other people say that, and so I just say it. Oh, maybe on uh, iPhones there is, I don't know. Beats me. You know, do the thing. I've been Jan Moffat. I've been Paul Moffat. And welcome to the jungle. We've got some fun and games. They did have a game. Oh, yeah. I guess that's why they named the movie that. Do you think that... uh, Axl Rose was planning on that when he wrote the song? Probably, I'm sure.